You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Paul Kern. Well, we want to welcome you to our Discipleship 101. We're in Lesson 6 of this series. And in this lesson, we're going to be talking about the Bible. One of our media team asked me, what's the title going to be so we can make sure that we have it ready to go? And I said, the Bible. And they thought I was being sarcastic, but you know, the Bible, you know, what are you preaching about? The Bible. But no, really, it's, it is literally about the Bible. It's about the Word of God. And before I get into what I'm going to be talking about, if you did not get a chance to hear our lead pastor, Pastor Tim's last message when he talked about salvation, he talked about the three tenses of salvation. Man, you want to go back and listen to that on our podcast because it was really, really good. Well, you know, Josh also did a fantastic job. If you go back and listen to some of his, we've got a great podcast website set up for you. And so you just go back and listen to all that or bring it up in your app, whatever you want to do. But like I said, this session, we're going to be talking about the Bible, that, that special, special book that so many of us in America take for granted. And I'm not putting anybody down tonight. It's just, you know, sometimes when you're blessed and you have something available to you all the time, you just tend to take it for granted, you know, like food, for example. And the Bible is our spiritual food, and it's just a really special book. And I want to spend some time talking about it a little bit tonight. But let me start out by saying the Bible cannot be underestimated. It just absolutely cannot be underestimated. It is literally the most important book ever written. There's not a book that's more important than the Bible. You just can't say that about all books. I mean, I've read lots of books, and I can't say that that was the most important book in my life. But when, when you look at the Bible, and you look at the wisdom in the Bible, and you look at the life in the Bible, and you look at what the, the Bible brings to you, you can clearly see that the Bible is a very unique book. It's one of a kind. It's special. There's not another one like it. And I just think about how the Bible has influenced culture. Well, obviously, the Bible influenced the formation of this country. Uh, you could almost say that we probably wouldn't even be here, at least it wouldn't look like it looks today in any form, if it wasn't because of the Bible. The Bible's had a profound impact on the Western world, and the Bible's had a profound impact on the Eastern world. It would be completely different today if the events that are recorded in this book had not been recorded and had not happened. We'd have a completely different-looking world that we're living in today. And I I just want to take a few minutes to think about how the Bible has influenced culture. I mean, the Bible's been incredibly influential on culture. The Bible has had a profound impact on the arts, a profound impact on music, on language and literature, and the development of languages and literature, social reform. I mean, the Bible's been huge in the area of social reform. We think about all the different charities and all the different places today that try to help people in need. The Bible has influenced that. Just think about spiritual belief and how the Bible has so profoundly influenced spiritual belief in people's lives. You talk about preaching and revivals. 
Man, the Bible has inspired so much preaching and so many revivals all over the world, missionary enterprises that have been started because of the Bible. We think of all the clothing banks and food banks and all the different missionary outlets all over the world that are helping and teaching and educating and feeding and clothing and housing people. Think about the soul of man for a minute. The, the profound impact that the Bible has had on the soul of man, the heart of people. It's just unbelievable. And then you think about family life. Could you imagine what family life would look like without the Bible? How the Bible teaches us about the role of a, of a wife and a husband, a father and a mother siblings and how we are to respect our elders and just what that model looks like and how the Lord set all that up in the very beginning, a man and a woman coming together and and having a family. The Bible's had a profound impact there. We could talk about business, how business has been impacted by the Bible. You talk about being able to go to a business and and trust that that business is going to be truthful, integrous, and that's all because of the Scripture and the influence that the Bible has had on people. And I could go on and on about how the Bible has impacted the world in a profoundly positive way. There's so much to be said about this very special and important book. We could talk about how the Bible's transformed the world. I mean, think about it. People have died for the Bible and the truth that's within the pages of the Bible, literally laid down their life for the Bible. But I think probably the most important thing that this very special and unique book does is it introduces us to the most important person in history, and that's Jesus. See, without the Bible, we would not know God's revelation of his son, Jesus. It probably would have been lost over a period of time, but because it was put on paper, because it was written in pen and ink, and it was translated and passed down, we can know Jesus Christ personally. It's just amazing what the Bible has accomplished for us. If you have not read firsthand the account of Jesus in the Bible then you're really, really missing out on a life-altering encounter. You know, all of us here in this room have encountered Jesus. He's revealed himself to us personally. We've had an encounter with him. But I would have to say the way that I really got acquainted with the Lord, the way I really got to know him, was through the Bible. Was reading the words of God's will on paper in the Bible. The entire Old Testament points to the coming of Jesus, and the entire New Testament testifies to the teachings and actions of Jesus. Everything in the Bible points to this one central figure, Jesus Christ, this one most important redeeming person in the world. The Bible's so important because it connects us with Christ. The Bible reveals to us how we can, te- how we can obtain eternal life through his son, Jesus Christ. The Bible shows us what Jesus came to do. The Bible shows us what Jesus accomplished. The Bible shows us what Jesus expects of us and what his will is for us. 
The Bible literally holds the information that reveals how we can receive eternal salvation and live with God forever in eternity. And I don't know if you've really thought about that. But just thinking about that, just the Bible contains that information, how we can have eternal life with God and be with him in his presence for all of eternity. The Bible reveals how that happens. What a great loss the world would experience if we didn't have the incredible gift of the Bible. The Bible is so powerful, it's so awesome. So considering how profoundly important the Bible is to mankind, I think it's vital that we give the Bible time in our schedules. You know, I encourage all of our young people that come through our Applied Life Leaders Academy to, to be readers of the Word. You know, I, I encourage them to give the Bible priority in their, in their daily schedule. You know, I think it's important that we read the Bible every day. And I really do my best to not miss reading the Bible. I try to read from the Psalms, and I try to read from the Proverbs, and I try to read from the Old Testament and the New Testament. I think it's very, very important that we read from God's Word. I hear people say, you know, Paul, I, I really want to know God. I, I want to know God deeply. I want to know God in a really powerful way. And I, I want to know what God's plan for my life is. I want to know what God's will is. For my life is. And I always tell people, listen, the best way to get acquainted with God, the best way to know God is to read his word. If you want to know God's will for your life, if you want to know God's plan for your life, God's written it within the pages of scripture. And it's amazing. The Bible even shows us the details of how all that is possible how we can go about having an intimate relationship with the Lord and knowing Him deeply. It, it goes into detail. If you want to know how to get to know God intimately, read His book. That, that's all I can tell you. Just get in the Bible and begin to read, and God will begin to reveal Himself to you. And, you know, I, I tell our college students, I say, listen, it's important that you read the Bible. And here's why. Because when you die and you go to heaven... Paul, the apostle, he's probably going to walk up to you and say, hey, did you read my books? Which ones you like the best? Which one spoke to you the most? You don't want to stand there in heaven having an awkward moment with the apostle Paul or Timothy or Peter or, or Moses or whoever, right? I mean, so it's important that we read the books of the Bible so they don't come up to us and say, hey, did you read my book? Well, I was going to get around to it, but, you know, I was, uh, <laughs> you know, that isn't going to, go over well. So I'm setting y'all up right now for, you know, how you can avoid an embarrassing moment in heaven with some of God's elites, right? So make sure you read your Bible so that when they come and ask you, did you read my book? You say, man, I did. I actually did read it because there was this bald-headed guy at my church, and he told me I better read the Bible because if I don't, when I get to heaven, you're probably going to call me out. See, I'm, and then, you know, you can come thank me. If I get there before you, then I'll see you when you get there. If you get there before me, just wait on me and I'll catch up with you, okay? We're all going to be there with the Lord together. Jesus said in, in John eight thirty two, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The Bible is a book of truth in a world that says, Make your own reality and your own truth. 
I believe the thing that the Bible has really done for me in a really powerful way is it's, it's anchored my life. You know, everybody's got opinions, and man, today, with the onset of the internet and social media, everybody's got an opinion, and they're all giving it. And everybody's opinion's different, and everybody's truth, truth is different. But the Bible is the truth. It's not a truth. It's not one of many truths. It's the truth. Jesus didn't say, I'm a truth. He said, I am the way the truth, and the life. And so the Bible reveals to us the truth, the truth about life. It anchors us in life. The Bible will set you free. You know, I remember when my mom gave me my first Bible. It was in 1972. Now, I'm sure I probably got one when I was real little, but When I was about 11 years old, I remember getting a Bible from my mom, and my mom wrote in the front page of the Bible, a a daily guide and rule for living. And I remember when when I got that Bible, I didn't really read it all that much, and of course I got into my rebellious teenage years and just the chaos of my life. That Bible really took a back seat, and I really never read that Bible or had anything to do with that Bible, but it's amazing when I met Christ at 23 years old, I had that Bible and I dug it out and I found it. And that book that had been so insignificant to me and so unimportant to me, all of a sudden became my very best friend. And I don't know if you've had that happen in your life, I'm sure you probably have, but, it, but if you haven't, the, the Bible just holds that place in my life with me. When, I, when I'm in my Word, I, I feel like Jesus is right there with me. I mean, I literally feel like Jesus is, is right at the coffee table with me, teaching me, speaking to me, imparting into my life. The Bible plays that role in my life. It's that important to each and every one of us. Pretty much every complex created thing has an owner's manual. You know, you get your, your automobile, there's an owner's manual. You get a lawnmower, there's an owner's manual. There's, owner's manuals pretty much come with every complex thing that's ever been created. And the cool thing about the owner's manual, like, for example, my tractor that I have came with an owner's manual. It's about this thick. And so, you know, I thought, I'm going to need to read through this owner's manual because there's a lot of things that I need to know about my tractor that I probably don't know. And, you know, it talks about how often you need to change the oil, however many hours that you run it, you need to change the oil, and, and you have to lubricate it, and you have to grease the, all these different joints and places that pivot and turn, and, you know, you have to replace the air filter in it, and you have to make sure you replace the fuel filter for the diesel because it'll clog up. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things that this manual tells me about taking care of my tractor. There's a screen in the front of my radiator that has to be pulled out and it has to be blown out because it'll get stopped up and the tractor will overheat and then the radiator fluid has to be drained, you know, every so many thousand hours and, and, and redone. And so, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that this manual talks about because this is a complex, expensive piece of equipment that you want to take care of to the best of your ability because you want it to last a very long time, Right? Well, think about how complex your body is. Think about all the moving parts. Think about 
how important your body is to you because you have to live in it for your entire life. And, you know, God didn't create some incredibly complex thing without giving us an owner's manual. And the Bible is the owner's manual for our life. And, you know, when I really neglected to read the owner's manual for 23 years, and then when I got born again, I began to read the owner's manual, and I began to read things about what the Bible had to say about me taking care of myself. And, and I began to discover that there was a lot of things that the Bible said don't do that I was doing. And there was a lot of things that the owner's manual told me that I needed to be doing that I had never done. And, you know, when I run into people as a pastor, and I, I, don't, I don't know if you guys have experienced this personally, but I, I, I certainly know that I have. I run into people as a pastor. As a matter of fact, I ran into a lady today. She was crying, and I was talking to her, and she was having a really rough day, and she was sharing with me some of her heartache. And I was listening to her talk, and, you know, and I, I, I was moved. I mean, I was upset for this lady. I was really sorry that she was going through what she was going through. And I just began to think back about my life and, and all the tears that I cried and all the suffering that I went through. And, you know, I could almost say that probably 90% of it was because I didn't follow the owner's manual. I just didn't do what the owner's manual was telling me to do. The Bible's awesome. It tells us our purpose, the point of our life, how to take care of it. It warns it against neglect. You know, I really have, I've had my tractor now for probably, oh, 10 years. Hardly had any problems out of it whatsoever. But, you know, I've followed that maintenance schedule right down the line, and I've done everything that it's said to do, and I really feel like because I've done that, I've had the least amount of problems. And I feel like for our lives, if we'll follow the Bible and we'll do what the Bible says, if we'll acquaint ourselves with the Word of God, then the Bible will give us the most miles with the least amount of trouble and the least amount of breakdowns if we do what the Bible says. God didn't just give us these complex bodies and say, good luck, hope it all works out for you know. He gave us everything. The Bible says God gave us everything we need for a life of godliness to follow him. As a matter of fact, just a few scriptures that I want to share with you. These have to do with our physical body. Psalms 139, verse 13 and 14, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God with your body. 1 Corinthians three sixteen and 17, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and you are that 
temple. Wow. And then the Bible talks about our soul because we're a three-part being, just like God. We're made in his image, so it talks about our soul. In Matthew 16, 26, it says, What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Psalms forty two eleven. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him my Savior, and my God. Psalm 62, 1. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. And then the Bible addresses the spirit part of our life. Proverbs twenty twenty seven: The human spirit is the lamp of the Lord that sheds light on one's inmost being. Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. See, the Bible says that we're to keep all three parts of our life blameless. All three parts are important to God because it's only when all three are healthy that we can walk in the abundant life that God wants us to walk in. You know, you can't just wash your car and think everything's okay. Well, it looks good. You know, Paul, I I wash my car and vacuum it, you know, twice a month. I keep it clean. Well, you can't just do that and think your car's going to do well. You know, there are a lot of other things that have to be considered, like oil changes and tire rotation and brakes, drivetrain. There's many other things that are involved in a car operating properly, and that's why the Bible speaks to all three parts of who we are. You know, I want to share some cool facts with you about the Bible. I was just looking up some really cool facts, and I, I, I kind of love this kind of trivia stuff, and so I have a, a, a few cool things to share with you. I don't know if y'all know this or not. There's 21 dreams recorded in the Bible. 21 different dreams are recorded inside the Bible. Do you know that there are at least 185 songs that are in the Bible? I didn't know there were that many songs in the Bible. I, I mean, I knew that the Psalms had a lot to do with songs. There were a lot of songs there, but but at least 185 songs in the Bible. The longest book of the Bible is Psalms with 150 chapters. That's the longest book in the Bible, and the shortest book is 3 John with only one chapter. As a matter of fact, it's only got 299 words. That's the one that all my interns like to read because it's the shortest. The Bible is written in three languages, Hebrew, Greek, in Aramaic, the majority of the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. There's just a little bit of Aramaic in the Old Testament, and then all of the New Testament is written in, in Greek. The oldest person in the Bible, does anybody know? Methuselah, right? How'd you like your parents to name you that? Hey, Methuselah, get over here. He lived 969 years. I don't know if I would want to live 969 years. You know, I, I, I would like to live longer than 
what the average is right now, I wouldn't mind doubling it, but I don't think that I would want to live 969 years. As a matter of fact, six other people also lived to be over 900 years old in the Bible. And I'm not really sure exactly what God did there to change all that. It must have something to do with the pituitary gland or something, I'm sure. But anyway, God made those changes. There are ten places in the Bible where people are raised from the dead. I don't know if you knew this or not, but here, here are the ten. Elijah raised a widow's son in 1 Kings 17. Elisha raised the Shunammite's son in 2 Kings chapter 4. A dead man came to life when his body was set on the dead bones of Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 13. That's pretty crazy. Jesus raised the widow's son in Luke chapter 7. Jesus raised the daughter of Jairus in Luke 8. Jesus raised Lazarus in Luke, uh, um, John 11. And then Jesus himself was resurrected, and it's recorded in all four Gospels. Many dead saints came out of their graves after Jesus resurrected. That power was so great. Acts records those events taking place in Acts chapter uh, 9, I believe, or somewhere right around in there. Peter raised Tabitha in Acts chapter 9, and Paul raised Eutychus in Acts chapter 20. I didn't know there were that many people that had been raised from the dead in the Bible. I don't know if you know about this. In Isaiah 38, verse 8, the sun moved backwards and stood still. Maybe you read Stephen's, Stephen Furtick's book, Sun Stand Still. It's a great book on faith. A donkey spoke to a man in Numbers 22. You don't want to be so hard-headed that you have to have a donkey speak to you. God added 15 years to a man's life by the name of Hezekiah when he prayed that the Lord would heal him of his sickness. He did that um, over in Isaiah 38. This was pretty cool. Do y'all know there's a giant bed in the Bible? There is. There's a giant bed in the Bible. There was a man in the Bible that was so big, he had to have a bed made of iron, and this bed was 13 feet long and 6 feet wide. Yeah, crazy. Deuteronomy chapter 3, you can read about this really large man. A man outran a chariot of horses when God gave him special powers in 1 Kings. I don't know if y'all remember Elijah outrunning the the chariots. I used to watch the $6 million man when I was a kid. You remember that, that special effect? That was such a cool show. That show inspired me. I would, actually, I would get out in, in, the, in my neighborhood in the, in the front, and I would run up down my street, and I'd have my dad watch me. Dad, look how fast I am. And I was, I, you know, I was, what was it, Steve Majors? Was that his name? $6 million man? Yeah. Well, this... Elijah did it for real. The book of Isaiah was the favorite book of Jesus. He quoted it often because it was all about him. And it's the, Here's an interesting thing about the book of Isaiah. There are 66 chapters in the book of Isaiah, just like there are 66 books in the Bible. There are 39 chapters in Isaiah about the law, and there are 39 books in the Old Testament. There are 27 chapters in Isaiah about grace, and there are 27 books in the New Testament. Hmm. And even the chapters in Isaiah are divided. First is God's judgment, chapter 1 through 39, and then coming in is grace, 
chapters 40 through 66, and this is in direct proportion to the Old Testament and the New Testament. Isn't that that amazing? There's so many other interesting facts about the Bible. Tons. I don't have time to go over all of them, but that's just kind of to whet your appetite a little bit. If you just want to Google interesting facts about the Bible, man, it's just all kinds of just awesome, crazy stuff pop up. In closing, my my goal in this session was to show you how special and incredible the Bible is to the entire world. It's God's gift to us. I remember when I was in college, and this was before I met my wife, Angela, and this was B.C., okay, so this was before Christ. And so I had this girlfriend that I had met, and um, man, I I mean, I, I was pretty taken with this girl, but I was off at college, and I was some, oh, four hours away from where she lived, and now, y'all don't laugh, but back in those days, we wrote letters, okay? That's just the way it worked. You didn't have cell phones, and you didn't have texting. What you did was you took out a piece of paper and a pen, and you wrote a letter, and then you wrote an address on it, stuck a stamp on it, and sent it off. And so, I'm off at college, and, you know, I'm always waiting on this letter to come in from her. And I lived in an apartment, so I would get home from college, and the first place I would go to were the mailbox slots out there, you know, and open it up and see if my letter was in there. And, you know, the day that the letter arrived was just such an awesome day because I would go out and open the box, and there it was. And I'd be like, (sighs) you know, because she put her perfume on it, right? And so you're just like, yeah, and you just kind of smell the perfume and, So I would take my letter up to my apartment, and I would tear it open, and man, I would start reading my letter from my girlfriend. And you know, you didn't just read it once. You read it more than once. And you know, you're looking for tear stains and slobber marks and whatever you can find, and you know, you're reading in between the lines because it's it's a love letter, right? I miss you, and this and that and the other, and man, I'm just sitting there, and I'm just... I'm just reading this letter and, and just thinking about this letter. And, and I started thinking about the Bible. And I started thinking about how, you know, the Bible, it's God's love letter to us. And I started thinking about how weird it would be if I got that letter and I took it up to my room unopened and I set it up on a shelf or... Maybe I set it in between some praying hands and just left it there and just let dust settle it. And I'd walk by and I would admire it. I mean, I, I, I would, wow, that's a, that's a special letter. That's a letter. You know, that's a love letter. It's just, that's just a neat letter. But I never opened the letter. I passed by it every day. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was important. I thought it was good. I, I appreciated that she took the time to put her heartfelt thoughts in there to me. But it would be really weird if I just took that up to my apartment and just set it there and never opened it and never read it. And you know, church, I, I really want to encourage you. We talk about the Bible, and the Bible is a profoundly impactful book, and it's a super special book. But more than anything else, it's important for us to know that the Bible, it's God's love letter to us. This is a 
a divine romance that God's wanting to have with us, and God reveals his love for us through the pages of the Bible. And if you don't believe me that the Bible is a love letter, just go read Song of Solomon. You'll find out real quick that the Bible is a love letter to us. Now, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to get in your word, to read your Bible. I know Pastor Tim challenged us at the beginning of the year to read our Bible, but I want to encourage you also to read your Bible because it's a love letter from God. I want to end with reading you just a couple of more scriptures. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1, one. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth, John 1, 14. And lastly, Proverbs 5, 1, My son, pay attention to my wisdom and listen well to my words of insight. You know, one of the mistakes that the Pharisees made back in the day were they, they exalted the word apart from Jesus. And one of the things that Jesus said to the Pharisees when he was talking to them one day, he said, you know, he said, you guys, you search the Scripture because you believe that in it you have eternal life. But these words speak of me. And you're going to have eternal life through me. And once again, the Bible is special, and here's why. It's God's Word. It's Jesus Christ revealed to us. And because of that, each one of us in this room, we're changed. We're changed by the power of love. Amen? Amen. Let's give God a hand clap tonight. Come on. Come on. He's worthy. Stand with me. We'll pray together. Father, we just thank you for your Word. We thank you for the Bible. God, is such an awesome, special book, Lord. Holy Spirit, remind us to read, to meditate, to chew on the Word so that the Word can change and renew our minds. We give you thanks to go before us this week. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.